the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, hey, we have a, a special guest this afternoon who, uh, uh, well, let me just give a little background. You know, this year, uh, or back in December, Joe Biden signed Secure 2.0 Act, and it's, it's got some ramifications for everybody. So what we thought we'd do is we'd bring in our private wealth specialists and our wealth strategists. Blake McKibben. Blake, you there? How are you? <laughs> I'm pretty good. How are you? Excellent. I tell you, I'm I'm uh, I'm up in the Great White North. I had to come up to Minneapolis this weekend to see my brother-in-law. So looking out at a bunch of snow, wishing I was looking at it uh, palm trees. <laughs> well, you can't have everything. Uh, Exactly. But, you know, I I lived up there for a while, and it gets, those those people up there. It's minus twenty. They go skating. Uh, not for me. Yeah, Dif- different uh, people. That's right. Uh, I try to come up here as uh, little as possible this time of year. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, so anyway, what, Blake has uh, got a, a wealth of knowledge on almost a lot of well on a lot of subjects. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to hand this over to you, Blake, and just. You know, what do you want to talk about today? Yeah, wonderful. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to talk about, uh, you know, hearkening back to before last uh, last uh, uh, December, back to the December of 2019 when the original Secure Act was, uh, was passed, and, and talk about some of the real estate planning implications that, uh, that, that, that spawned from the, uh, the passage of, of Secure Act in, in 2019. So... All right, go to it. You don't mind? I'll go ahead and uh, and jump in. And, and you know, here's the deal. I, I am an attorney, um, and I'm not very. Uh, I am very long winded. So stop me if, uh, <laughs> if I keep going down the road, and you're just like, you know, that's too much. So, anyways, I, I get it. But uh, no, we uh, so, we're yeah. probably going to take a break at the 15 minute mark, but then we're going to bring you back. Okay. That sounds wonderful. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Well. Uh, yeah, so let me jump in here and, and, and talk a little bit about this, uh, the Secure Act, which, uh, as Tim said, you know, we, we we originally passed in 2019, then we modified it a little bit last year. Um, but the idea was it, it was passed at the very end of 2019, and we thought, hey, 2020, this is a headline show-stopping, you know, change for uh, for everybody with, with retirement accounts. But then we all know what happened in 2020, and it got buried beneath uh, COVID and everything else that happened. Um, but I, I want to talk most importantly about the estate planning aspect, uh, because it really has turned IRA planning on its head. Specifically, I want to talk about some rules regarding beneficiary IRAs. Um, so I'm just going to lay out, out a little bit of the landscape of uh, you know, what they are, what they mean. And then talk about some of the planning opportunities and, and things that uh, that everyone should be thinking about. 
Now, I hope you forgive me. Um, if there's anyone talk, uh, listening in that's, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, part of the IRS or uh, the legal community, I-, I am going to use layman's terms today. I'm not going to use eligible, designated beneficiary, all these other ways that, uh, the, the, you know, that the legislation calls out different, uh, different uh, beneficiary classes. So I'm just going to use layman's terms. So I, I hope those uh, calling in are, are give me a little bit of leeway here. So I think I they will. Look at the <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> so when I look at the Secure Act, um, the, the biggest thing that was put into motion is the advent of this 10-year rule. So the general rule is this. At death, when IRAs are inherited, they have to be distributed over a 10-year period. They have to come out of this IRA wrapper and all the income tax needs to be paid on those assets. Now, there's, there's caveats, and I'm going to talk through the caveats and the exceptions to the rule and, and things like that. But, uh, but a little bit of the history of this. So back in 2017, we passed the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Once again, uh, for all of our listeners who pay attention, that was also passed in December uh, seems like the month that everything gets done in Congress, and that's, that's about right. So December of 2017, we passed the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Now, what that act did is it, it did a lot to decrease the tax liability for the vast majority of Americans. Um, so the idea is, uh, estate planning-wise, it, it doubled the estate tax exemption. You know, So uh, today, each of us can pass on $12.92 million dollars tax-free on the federal level. States still might have a little bit of something there for you. Uh, the other thing that it did is it increased the standard deduction on your income tax bill. So it just doubled that as well. So the idea is that that, that tax law, it decreased taxes for the vast majority of Americans. Um, but the, the way tax laws work is that if they're not revenue neutral, they cannot be made permanent. So they decreased taxes, but they didn't do anything else to offset and raise income taxes somewhere else to make it a revenue-neutral bill. So it was a temporary tax law, temporary in the fact that it will end December 31st of 2025. So that cliff is coming back up, and when that does expire, everything reverts back to what it was, and we rehab the uh, the estate tax exemption, the standard deduction, and our tax rate. Uh, will will change as well. Uh, but but the idea is that the advent of this 10-year rule with these IRAs is really a, re- a direct result of this uh, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017. This was one of those uh, uh, things that, that came about to help give a little bit of a revenue offset uh, and really to accelerate some payments of some income taxes. Um, now, from the beginning, um, you know, as we look at this, uh, IRS, you know, the, the IRA was originally designed to help people save for their own personal retirement. And over the years, these IRAs have morphed into something of a, a tax shelter, of, of uh, a wealth transfer vehicle. And so that's... That's really uh, uh, what has spawned the changes in this 10-year rule is to offset some taxes and 
to go back to the real reason why we have uh, the creation of IRAs to begin with. And so, um, you know, what, what we had, let me just tell you a little bit of the background of, of the, the massive change in the tax law. So it used to be, um, you know, an IRA owner passed away and, and passed the IRA to their child, and they could take that and stretch out the distribution over their entire lifetime. So the idea was they would just take a little bit out every single year, let the, you know, the principal continue to compound and grow and be invested over time, and just take a little bit out. As, uh, as every year went, it was based on their life expectancy. And so the IRS would publish tables and say, hey, you know, a, a 60-year-old person is going to live another 30 years. You need to take out one-thirtieth of the account, or about 3%. And so that's the way the rules used to be. And, you know, we would leave these IRAs to children or in trust for the children and, and have them stretched out over the children's lifetime because... You know, a tax we don't pay today, maybe we won't pay the tax in the future. Blake, let me ask a question. Come to it, an end. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, this stretch IRA, is this grandfathered at all? If, uh, if the person who passed away with the IRA, if they passed away before January 1st of 2020, so if they passed away December 31st of 2019 or before, uh, the beneficiaries were able to stretch IRAs. These, the new 10-year rule only applies to death starting after January 1st, 2020. Great question, Tim. Okay. All right. Thank you. So, so I, I mentioned a little bit about exceptions. So exceptions to this 10-year rule. Well, there's a few of them. Uh, first of all, is uh, is leaving thing leaving the IRA to your spouse. Now, there's a caveat there. It has to be to your spouse outright. We used to oftentimes we would leave IRAs into trust into like a a Q-tip trust, and that might be a topic for another time. But you know, some type of a marital trust that would pay the spouse out of income for the rest of the life, uh, and then whatever's left at death then goes and reverts back to. Uh, the, the first spouse who died, the beneficiary. That is disallowed. So if you leave it to your spouse, it has to be outright. You leave it outright to your spouse, they can roll it over to their own IRA, and then the 10-year rule will not apply. They can take it over their remaining life expectancy or, or however they see fit. Now, another exception is this. If a beneficiary is within 10 years of the deceased, uh, uh, deceased age, uh, then they can take the money out over their life expectancy. So the idea is the IRS is thinking, well, you know, the, benefit, the, the, the IRA owner died. Someone within 10 years of their age must have about the same life expectancy, and so then that would be okay. They allow that to, uh, to be continued to stretch out. So less oftentimes if you leave an IRA to a sibling or, or something of that nature, or a friend that's within 10 years of your age, still we allow that stretch because of, uh, of that closeness of the, uh, uh, the mortality tables there. Now, another uh, exception is if a, uh, a deceased had children that were under the age of 21 years old. 
So the idea is um, if they have children, um, the clock of that 10-year rule does not start ticking until they reach 21. And then that 10-year rule will, will kick in and they'll have to drain everything by the time they're 31. But, uh, uh, but that, that's a, a good exception to, to not force young, uh, young children to, to take money out. Now, that is children of the deceased. It's not grandchildren. Okay, so that rule is only, that exception is only for children and not applies, does not apply to grandchildren. Okay. Another, um, another exception is this, disabled beneficiaries. Um, so these are profound disabilities, not, not someone who uh, can't work because uh, they have back problems or something like that. This is someone with profound disabilities, and, and you know, it's a, the, it's a, the IRS defines what the disabilities are and, and things like that. But, but those, and typically what we see is those are types of uh, beneficiaries that have special needs trust. And so uh, this is one of those caveats that you can have the IRA go to this child with special needs or grandchild or, or any beneficiary, really. It doesn't even have to be related. They're able to stretch the IRA out over their remaining life expectancy. Okay. So those are the, the main carve-outs there. Everyone else that's not a spouse or within 10 years of the decedent's death or a child that's under 21 or a disabled beneficiary, everybody else needs to play by these 10-year rules. Um, now, I, I will say there is still uncertainty with this 10-year rule. Um, yes, it's in place and it's in effect, but there's still some uncertainty as far as during that 10-year time period. Um, the, the last signaling that we received from the IRS was uh, October 7th of last year, which, uh, which said that it's, it is not final, but it's, it's closer to becoming final regulation, that yes, in fact, over that 10-year time, they probably will require required minimum distributions over the beneficiaries, you know, their beneficiaries' life expectancy with a big lump sum coming out at year 10. However, that's still up in the air. It's not finalized. And when it does, of course, uh, I'm happy to jump on and we can talk more about it. But, okay. Um, but so, so the idea is 10 years uh, is what we're looking at. And, and so... Once again, uh, just accelerating the income tax liability. So planning concerns, absolutely, tons of planning concerns. Um, like I said at the beginning, it's fundamentally changing how we look at the IRA. Um, you know, really, we need to ask, what is the purpose of this IRA? Is this for me, for my lifetime, to supplement my own retirement? But if, if not, then we really need to start looking at it and thinking of better ways that we can pass on assets in a much more tax-advantaged manner. Um, because, you know, to be honest, now IRAs are about the worst asset that you can leave to beneficiaries after death. And, you know, it's, it's the worst because, number one, it's that the tax liability that's built up inside of there. But on top of that, it could be subject to double taxation. And the double taxation is if someone has an estate tax liability. The IRA is dollar for dollar a part of a deceased 
estate. And as I said before, the estate tax exemption today is $12.92 million. Well, that could be cut back in half in the future. But at the end of the day, this, the IRA could be of, uh, you know, adding to that estate tax, that is the size of your estate that could cause estate tax. So potentially, potentially, for those very ultra-wealthy uh, uh, Americans, it could be subject to double taxation. So some of this to wow. talk about. Well, you know, one thing is uh, to look at converting your IRA into a Roth IRA. The benefits of a Roth IRA are, well, you know, first of all, you know what today's tax rates are. Um, yeah. And when you're converting from a traditional to a Roth IRA, you're you're paying the income tax today. Any amount you convert, you're paying today's income tax rate on that. Um, now, if you look and if you've studied tax uh, at all, you don't need to uh, really look back too far to know that our tax rates today are historically low. Right. Um, right. So you think about yeah. Yeah, you just play the rule. You just play the uh, play the game. You think they're going to be lower today, or you know, after the tax law changes, or when the kids inherit the money? So, hey, uh, Blake, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick commercial, and we'll uh, and we'll great. be right back. Okay, we'll talk a little Perfect. bit more for that the great. about another fifteen minutes. Okay, we're gonna take you a quick bet. break. You bet. Uh, Happy stay tuned. Do. Stay tuned. Waking up to kiss you and nobody's there The smell of your perfume still stuck in the air It's hard Yesterday I thought I saw you at RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Early childhood is a magical time full of discovery and wonder. It's also a key window to set the stage for lifelong learning. At New Adventures Early Learning, children get a strong start for school with a positive, nurturing environment. Lesson plans are tailored to individual interests, and children interact with other children at their age and understanding level in a secure, safe environment. With programs designed for infants, toddlers, preschool, pre-K, and school age, your child will build a strong foundation for reading, writing, and math that's so essential to their future development and growth. And classroom action plans and monthly progress reports enable parents to collaborate with teachers and stay informed. For more details on how you can give your child a head start on learning, go to naearlylearning.com. That's the letters naearlylearning.com. New Adventures Early Learning and Child Development Center in Twinsburg and Mantua. Preparing today's children for tomorrow's adventures. Charlie Kirk wants the Biden administration to show up. There's a train derailment. Deadly chemicals are flowing into the air uninterrupted. Yet the leaders are saying repeatedly it's perfectly safe. If Joe Biden actually believed that, if Pete Buttigieg actually believed that, I would love both of them to go for a couple hours, go get a sandwich, and show us how safe it actually is. The Charlie Kirk Show, weekdays at noon, right before Dennis Prager at 1 on AM 1420. The Answer. And Odyssey. 
All right, we're back. We uh, we have Blake McKibben in uh, today, and uh, he's our wealth strategist at RB3. But we do have a call from uh, Lewis. Uh, maybe we, uh, Blake, you can answer his question for him. Lewis, you out there? Sounds great. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Hello? Yes, we can. Okay. Hey, uh, thanks for uh, taking my call. Um, wanted to ask you about Roth conversion strategies for you know someone who has a boatload of money in a traditional IRA who is at retirement age and you know really doesn't need the money right now from the IRA and is not declaring Social Security and not filing for it at this point. Is there an optimal way to start moving that money into the Roth and minimize my taxes over the long term? Yeah, well, that's a great question. Great question. And Tim, you want to go ahead and start, and I'll. Uh, I'll, I'll no, 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 no. Uh, go ahead. You're. The, uh, we have you here for a reason. <laughs> you're, you're the expert. Sounds good. Well, and, and Lewis, that's that's a great question, and it, it definitely ties into what uh, what we wanted to uh, get to and talk about here today. Roth conversions. Um, so, as as Lewis said, you know, the idea is, uh, and as I started before the the break, if you convert from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA, what you're doing is you're paying the income taxes today. Um, now, there's some pros and cons to that, and let me talk about those a little bit, and then we can talk about some of the strategies you might look into as well. So the the benefit here is that, um, you know, what you're doing is, is you don't have to convert all of it. You convert convert portions of your IRA into a Roth on a regular basis. And so today's tax rate, we know, we don't know tomorrow's tax rate. And so the idea is whatever you pay, you you know, you pay the ordinary income tax on, you recognize that, you pay the tax bill, but you know today's tax rate. The nice thing is once the money goes into the Roth, you're going to have a couple other great benefits. Once the IRA is, once the Roth IRA has assets inside of there, you now no longer have to take any required minimum distributions from your Roth. Now, your IRA, uh, you have to take required distributions based upon your age of life expectancy. And Tim and I use a, a program. We, we call it Wealth Plan, and, and uh, it helps our, our, our families project out what their future tax liability might be in the future. And oftentimes, what Tim and I see is, is anybody with substantial retirement assets when they're in their later years of life, in their 90s, they're, they're going to have maybe 100000 or 200000 or more of income coming in every year of I, from required minimum distributions from IRAs, from traditional IRAs. So yeah, we've been pushing the wealth plan uh, pretty regularly here. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Yeah. And, and so yeah. the idea is you, you convert to a Roth IRA. You pay the taxes today. Then it goes into the the Roth. You never have to take RMDs. You're going to eliminate a lot of future tax burden that you may have when you're you know when when you don't need the income right later in uh, later in life. So that that's one thing to think about. There's no required distributions, and in addition to it, if you ever need to access those funds, or even when it goes to your children or you know whoever inherits from you, there's no income tax when those funds are accessed later on down the road. However, and Lewis, you talked about, you know, the con is this. 
you have to pay income taxes today, mm-hmm. right? You have to you have to think about okay, what's the benefit I'm going to get out, and and is it worth? Is the juice worth the squeeze, right? Because when you do Roth conversions, you're recognizing more in ordinary income, which of course is your just your basic tax burden. But in addition, your Medicare premiums that are based on income those can be impacted, and your uh, uh, taxation of Social Security. And so it could be very painful to uh, to convert to a Roth. So it might be something that that you look at doing some charitable planning in the same year that you do some uh, some Roth conversion. You know, maybe make some outright gift to charity. Maybe look at uh, funding a donor advised fund, um, or maybe even doing some other types of uh, a planning technique. You know, I've, I have a lot of families uh, uh, since interest rates have risen a little bit. They look at doing some charitable remainder trust planning that can help diversify some of their positions they might have and create an income tax deduction. That way, util- can... utilizing those types of things will, will reduce your uh, income tax. Go ahead, Tim. Sorry. Yeah. yeah if, I, if I can put a plug in for the wealth plan, there, we have a thing called Playground, which allows us to, to examine those type of situations and what the effect is uh, in the final outcome on your situation. So it's it's a it's a way of saying, hey, maybe I you know if I get if if I give away this money to charity or if I make this Roth conversion, what effects will it have on my outcome? All right, go ahead, Brett Lake. Sorry, you bet, you bet. Yeah, yeah. So that Lewis, you know, it's it's always great. You know, if if we look at the purpose of these IRAs, if it is going to be, you know, what I don't really need it. It's more of wealth transfer. A Roth IRA makes a lot of sense, but once again, you have to, you know, examine the impact there uh, of of the taxation. Is the juice worth the squeeze? But then on top of that, you know, you might throw in some other charitable giving, and you you might uh, you know utilize some uh, some charitable deductions by utilizing you know a donor advised fund or direct gifts or you know uh, uh, whatever it might be. So um, so so yes. Once again, uh, that's an option. Another option that, that families are looking at, and, and once again, it's just we have to think about what the purpose is of this, these assets. Um, you know, if it is to create a legacy, one thing I know a lot of families are doing is they're exploring the use of life insurance. So what you can do is you can look at, uh, you know, whatever income stream would come from your required minimum distributions that the IRS says you have to take regularly, or you can just start, uh, you know, taking money regularly out of your IRA and the income tax on it, and then you can fund a life insurance policy with what you're taking out today. Now, life insurance is always based on your individual circumstances and your health and and things like that, right? Um, But the idea is that, you know, a life insurance policy, the death benefit is income tax-free. So you're, you're taking IRA assets that are taxable, you're, you're, you're taking them out, you're paying the tax today, and you're creating a tax-free death benefit when you're gone. So that could be another strategy for, for the right family. And, and, you know, like I said, you have to examine it. You know, from, from a 30,000-foot view, 
life insurance looks great. Um, but I encourage you, you know, ask uh, ask your insurance provider, your professional, ask Tim, his team. Uh, we, we've got insurance professionals as well. But everyone will help you through the process and you can look at insurance without putting a dime into it uh, and, and see what underwriting comes back at to, to see if it's a viable option for you or not. Because, you know, you take money that's taxable and you turn it into tax-free, that, that's an awesome, awesome, uh, uh, you know, trade there. Now, okay. we also need to look at this, okay? So, quite frankly, okay, so we've looked at Roth conversions. That's great. Um, now, I will say uh, Roth IRAs still have the same rules as traditional IRAs, and that 10-year rule still applies. However, that 10 year, you know, when the 10 years is up, that's fine. There's no income tax that, uh, that, that is sponsored uh, uh, from that, uh, that 10 years being up with a Roth IRA that is inherited. Um, then you look at life insurance, you know, life insurance, death benefit, that comes income tax free. And, and you can do all sorts of planning with that. You can keep it in trust for your beneficiary's lifetime. You can distribute out over their lifetime or however you want to see fit. Very good. Look at, yeah, and if we look at just leaving IRAs to children, a couple things to think about here is, you know, with the 10-year rule, you can just leave it outright to the children, right? They, they have to abide by the 10-year rule, but it, it gives them the flexibility to take as much as they need over that 10 years. Well, let's say that, you know, your, your children maybe aren't of age or maybe they're not the best with money. You could leave your IRA to a trust for their benefit. A lot of things can go wrong there, though. Trusts need to be drafted in appropriate ways to have the see-through language to see through to the beneficiary. It can't. It has to have a defined class of beneficiaries, uh, something that has a defined life expectancy. Like there cannot be a, a charity that's uh, that the beneficiary is at. Very firm. Yes, you can. Yeah, we we could take another break and then then I. I'm just a couple minutes, and I will wrap it up, and uh, and you can okay. Uh, you can move Let's on. Let's take and, a break. We'll and be a right more back. Interesting uh, topic. We'll be right back. comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. The straight-talking, hard-working, do-it-right plumbers at Wyatt Works will unclog your drain for only $93. Or it's free. What's the catch? There's never a catch with Wyatt Works. I'd rather starve than do business that way. We really will break up your clog and get your water flowing again for $93. Plus, we'll send a camera down the line so you can see exactly what you're dealing Most with. Most of the time, clog busting's all you need. Walla-ka-doodle. 
Back to your regularly scheduled life with a 12-month no-backup guarantee. If your drain line needs more, we'll explain all the options, including flexible payments and guaranteed estimates. And on the off chance clog-busting can't get your drain flowing, our service call is free. You'll still get upfront pricing on solutions to your problem, but with no initial service fee. That's on us. Either we deliver on our promised clog-busting, or it's free. So don't put up with half solutions or slow or clogged drains. Call why it works and consider it done. License number 30185. Every day we hear news about violent assaults, carjackings, and other acts of crime spiraling across the United States. Washington's answer is to confiscate your guns, but a new book from Regnery offers hope for a better solution. Professional firearms instructor and veteran gun store owner Larry Correa's new book, In Defense of the Second Amendment, pulls back the curtain on Washington's gun-grabbing agenda and how you can protect your rights as well as your family. Yet, In Defense of the Second Amendment, new from Regnery, available at Amazon.com. We're back. We have Blake McKibbins on, our wealth strategist, uh, and uh, he, he's got, he wants to take five more minutes, so we're going to let him. <laughs> Go ahead, Blake. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. I'll, I'll be brief. Uh, thanks, everyone, for, uh, for, for listening in and putting up with me here today. Um, I just wanted to close the loop here on, on leaving IRAs uh, to, to the children with this uh, implication of the 10-year rule. Um, so, as I said, you can leave to, to the children and uh, outright name them as individual beneficiaries. They would have the ability to take it as they please. But if you have any concerns at all, you could look at utilizing a trust to be the beneficiary of your IRA. Um, now, with this, the, the trust, you're not going to get any better than 10 years uh, on that distribution cycle. And there are some pitfalls in the drafting of these trusts. It needs to be done correctly. Uh, uh, otherwise, you might disqualify it all and uh, enforce distribution and, and, uh, and you know, accelerate it in one year. So with a trust, we have to think about, okay, so yes, we, have, we get 10 more years. But after that 10 years, we have to think about what we want to have happen, um, because if that comes out of the trust to the beneficiary at year 10, then it comes out to the beneficiary, they get to pay their own individual income tax rates on, on whatever they get distributed to them, okay? Um, however, let's say you've got a, you know, a loved one that just cannot handle money, and if, if they you know, get any sort of money outright, it's a huge detriment to them. They might hurt themselves, right? Um, see that a lot, and it's unfortunate. But the reality is if you want to leave assets to children and not really give them the bulk of it, if you leave the IRA inside a trust after that 10-year period and the, the income tax after that 10 years is retained inside of the trust, there's a huge tax bomb that is going to go off. Uh, and it, it is because if income is retained inside of a trust, trust tax rates will apply. Now, why that's important is because after the first, and I looked up for this year, the number just got uh, went up for inflation. But for 2023, any income that a trust retains over $14,451 is taxed at the highest federal tax rate. So there's no Ouch. tiers. You know, there's it's, it's a really compressed tier system. So anything above that is taxed at 
Yeah, of course, if you live in a state that has income tax, the state's going to have their share as well. And we also know that, you know, this tax law expires soon and it's going to be over 39% if, if Congress doesn't do anything. So, so yes, it can be left to trust, but we really have to look at it and think, you know, what is going to be the best way to do it? Even if it, you know, if, if it stays in trust, that still might be okay if you're still protecting it for the family. Uh, because they, yeah. might, you know, they they might not uh, use it right. Now, there's one thing to think about here as well. Um, there's a way that you can mimic that old lifetime stretch IRA and provide a lifetime of income to the beneficiary. And what you can do here is is create a charitable remainder trust. Now, charitable remainder trust is is a trust that is a tax qualified trust. It can become a beneficiary of your IRA. Um, and then at the, 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 when you pass away, your IRA goes to this charitable major trust and pays a lifetime income to your beneficiary from that trust. So that is a way that you can mimic the stretch IRA and pay out over the entire life cycle and the 10 years does not apply. So, um, so that's. You know, there's there's also the the charitable benefit to that type of a trust as well because uh, you know the 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 beneficiary receives lifetime payments but when the beneficiary dies whatever's left goes back to the charity that was established in in the trust agreement itself uh, so you know you, you set up your uh, uh, your, your charitable major trust to say hey it's going to go to my daughter for life when she passed away. It's going back to my donor advice fund or it's going to the Boys and Girls Club or, or whatever it is. So, so yes, I, I just will, will want to take a step back here and, 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 and just recap everything. Um, so with IRAs, you know, you, you leave them to the, your spouse, that's, that's, that's great. You know, spouses, they can roll it over and, and the 10-year the rule does not apply there. But for the vast majority of everyone else, that ten-year rule is is real, and it's it's going to cause a lot of tax heartache. And so we need to really look at what the best use is of of these funds. Is it are we going to flip the script? Are we going to live more off of our IRA and and uh, and leave other assets to our children, or or are we going to use that IRA? We're going to convert it to a Roth IRA. We like those tax benefits. Or maybe you're going to look at utilizing IRA distributions to buy life insurance policy. You know, I tell you, the, the best, and I'll, I'll end with this, the very best beneficiary for IRA is going to be charity. You know, charities don't pay the income tax. Um, and so the idea is, and there's a lot of families I have that have, charity is, is the, benefit, you know, IRA is going to spouse, and then contingent is going to be charity. Um, so just something to think about is, is, uh, as the world uh, changes, uh, we've, we've had the major change in the 10-year rule. Um, and, you know, I, I'd say it, it's time to rethink your retirement and, and what those funds are, are going to be for and, and reach out to someone like Tim and, uh, and, and we can help uh, start that conversation, explore strategies. And with Wealth Plan, uh, the tool that we use, we can do a lot of modeling and analysis to see what makes sense 
you know, we could do the pro and con with you to figure out is the juice worth the squeeze, right? Uh, is what I'm doing today, the pain that I'm suffering, is going to be worth it in the end. So. And I think thanks one of the benefits, Blake, today, yeah, Blake, thanks for coming. And I think one of the benefits are we have guys like Rich Matthews and Blake McKibben uh, on, on our staff that helps, you know, that we can talk to and get into a conversation with. And uh, it's amazing what can happen uh, to your, your wealth plan after that. So anyway, Blake, thanks again. Have a great weekend in the, in, in the great north. <laughs> and uh, we, Yeah, I'm just going to try to stay warm. That's all I'm doing. There we go. We'll, we'll, can we have you again? Absolutely. Yeah. Happy to talk about anything estate planning related. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm all in. Okay, great. Thanks again. You. So I think, uh, uh, look, you know, there's a lot of good stuff, uh, that he just talked about. And, uh, this is people wonder why you need a wealth plan. Things are getting complicated, folks, and the government's not making them any easier. <laughs> so this is this is why we like the playground part of the, the wealth plan. We can input this in and uh, see what it does for you. So, all right, a couple things. Um, you know, just talk about the markets a little bit. You know, we, we've had this push and pull on equities, and it's, you know, we had this quick sell-off here in February. And the put to call ratio, which we talked about, was very, very high back in January. That's you know normally everybody's bullish, so it stays to, you know around 0.35 to 0.6. Flew up again, so people are getting negative, and I, I think we have some negative influences. We have the Fed rate hike cycle, it, you know, and it could persist into the summer, and rates could stay higher for longer. All right, so you just got to remember that, and if inflation li- lingers above normal for longer, the market's valuation could become more difficult to justify, all right? Now, on the con side, if the Fed ends up over-tightening, uh, you know, it, we could end up in a recession, and we could face some earnings additional pressure, okay? So just remember that. But on the positive side, as inflation, as January goes, so goes the year. And it's especially true after a big down year. And inflation could push lower this year. All right. Uh, you know, used car sales are going down fairly quickly. Um, take a look at Carvana's stock on Friday. Um, the earnings outlook looks less bad right now. It has less warts, let's say. Okay. So that's something we've got to take a look at. Now, look, we are, you know, it, in the long run, if I look at the ratio of the S&P 500 versus bonds, it's been on an uptick, uh, and it's been going sideways because I think a lot of money is going into, into treasuries. And you know what? The treasuries are, are not a bad place to be right now, okay? So the 60-30-10 rule, which I haven't talked about for almost 10 years, is back. Now, the one thing you're going to have to deal with is you're going to have reinflate, I mean, reinvestment risk. So when you buy these two and, and four-year treasuries, you're not likely to get that yield again, especially if the Fed starts to ease, because that's where they're going to ease from. All right? So just remember that part. But look, I am seeing some stuff. You know, we got the S&P 500 on a weekly chart, still overbought, yet, uh, you know, we're right at the uptrend line. So w- what we've done is we've broken out and we've pulled back. And I've seen a lot of stocks like Apple and and, you know, uh, Microsoft go below the 200-day moving average. And a matter of fact, I think the S&P 500 went below its 200-day moving average. 
Now, daily, on a daily basis, you know, we've been, the momentum's below zero. So, uh, you know, we could be getting close. We're right at the uptrend line. So what we've done is we've broken out of a triangle pattern. Okay, that's a series of lower highs and a series of lower lows to the north, which is usually positive, and we've come right to the uptrend line, so it'll be interesting to see what happens next week. Now, interest rates and the dollar have been a problem for the last year. When they've been rallying, the market's been getting whacked, okay? And they've both rallied. So they are right at areas where we could see either technical support, uh, you know, or you know, they could be peaking, and we'll, we'll see what happens. I think a move over 4% for the Treasuries could be a problem, uh, but we'll look at the, we'll look at there. Uh, now, the other thing is energy. We, I talked about energy stocks. You know, we made a pretty good call about these things in 2021, and I noticed that the expiration and production stocks have broken their uptrend line, and their, their relative performance, the S&P 500, is down. I was going to do a thing on uh, uh, on oil, but uh, you know, right at the moment, <laughs> I don't think we have enough time. We could probably have to take a break here in a second. But you know, oil, I think we remain constructive on it. Uh, but there's a lot of global marginal barrels that aren't on in production right now. So you know, we also got to take a look at the Russian physical flow and and the remapping of both Russian. The Russian and global energy flows remains a work in progress right at this point because of Ukraine, um, obviously. And uh, China and, and the global light and heavy differentials is also another problem. You know, China's still not full back to full tilt. Matter of fact, uh, you know, they've, their stocks have been really getting beat up. Um, and if you look at some of the crack spreads, especially Singapore's and the euro crack, uh, um, you know that, that thesis that we came out with last year kind of drove the oil market outlook, basically. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes going forward. Uh, but remember, yeah, why don't we take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about dividends and insiders. Stay tuned. Sunny. Yesterday, my life was filled with rain. Sunny. You smiled at me and really eased the pain. Eating, working, living pain-free. These are a few of the things many of us take for granted. Yet, for many United States military veterans, finding and affording oral health care is a challenge many of us don't think about. Dental Lifeline Network is looking for dentists who can change this. DLN is asking dentists and their teams to volunteer to see one veteran with special needs one time per year. Visit WillYouSeeOneVet.org to learn more. That's WillYouSeeOneVet.org. Charlie Kirk has seen this script flip. The very same language, tactics, security state operations that they used against Al-Qaeda, Saddam Hussein, and the Taliban, Patriot Act, NSA, FISA courts. They're using all that permanent infrastructure to go after American conservatives. The playbook is just 20 years old just been totally flipped now in American conservative. The Charlie Kirk Show, weekdays at noon, right before Dennis Prager at 1 on AM 1420. The Answer. And Odyssey. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. 
Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, we're back. So here's a couple things. You know, I, I just mentioned oil, and the XLE has broken its uptrend line, all right? So it's ready to support. It's got to hold. And the other thing I want to talk about is the bullish percent broke into a column of O's. That means we're going to be a little bit more defensive. I would call this bull correction mode, okay? That's my humble opinion. Uh, but we were down almost 10 percentage points this week to 55.04. So that's a lot. And the over-the-counter index uh, would have a reversal level at 38. It's at 40. So we're very close. The world index, which is at 42, would reverse at 42. So we got to be careful here, okay? You want to put your thinking cap on, take a look at your portfolio. Uh, I don't think it's the end of the world, but uh, we're right at the 200-day moving average. And I will say this, the put-to-call ratio, like I said, just went straight up, okay? So uh, that, that's, a, that's a big positive as far as Tim's concerned. But the S&P 500 has uh, broken below its 200-day moving average. So haven't a lot like Apple and Microsoft and a bunch of names that's usually not a you know a good thing. Uh, you know, uh, you, you got to you know we, we have oil grinding lower. Um, you know, the U.S. dollar bullish fund looks like it's you know it wants to bottom, but it's right it's right at resistance, so it could be falling back. And the ten-year Treasury yield, like I said, it's right at resistance, so we'll see what happens going forward. Um, we we have broken the downtrend line on the S&P. So if it holds, we're in great shape. Okay. So we'll just leave it at that. Now I would suggest, uh, you know, when it comes to some things, there's some insiders that have bought some serious uh, change. And I'm just going to mention these. This is energy transfer partners. We've had several insiders buy and Kelsey Warren's the executive chairman. He just bought $17.4 million. There's been several buyers over the course of the last six months. And then we have, Linked Bank Corp. We have uh, a director, George Palmer. He bought 7.5. And then we have Distoken Acquisition Corp, which is a SPAC. We had uh, the, the chairman and CEO bought 5.5 million. And Impine, uh, we had uh, the uh, a director buy $2 million worth. And we also had Byline Bank Corp, uh, another million dollar buy. And remember this from last week, we had uh, Vichet Precision Group. Uh, we've had West Cummings buy another almost uh, $2.2 million worth. And RCM, this is a name we like. Um, we had an insider buy about a million dollars worth. And here's another name, a prime income list, Next Extra Energy. Uh, we had a million dollar buy. So uh, I did notice some oil stocks like Devon, uh, Richard Moncrief, who's the uh, Muncrief, I'm sorry, he's the president and CEO, bought $500,000, and a gentleman by the name of Walker bought a million dollars worth of uh, uh, of ConocoPhillips, too. So uh, maybe Intel's not, you know, we're not dead there. And Intel, we we had the Pat Gensinger, who he bought another quarter million dollars with the stock last week, even though they cut their dividend. Um, by the way, I'm sorry, Richard Moncrief did buy twice. He bought $750,000 worth of Devon Energy. Uh, and John Betancourt also bought $200,000. So a lot of people buying and we'll, we'll see what happens from here. But look, I, I think uh, 
I want to go back to the, the weekly momentum is still a little bit over uh, the zero line. The daily is turning around, so we might be in pretty good shape, but we are below the 200-day moving average, and that's that. nothing happens well underneath the 200-day moving average, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the NASDAQ composite, you know, did break its downtrend line. Um, so we have all the indexes that I follow very closely, and that's the Dow, the S&P, the Russell 2000, and the NASDAQ, all breaking their downtrend line, dating back to January of last year. So. That, that's usually a positive, uh, but I think what we're going through is this period of digestion. You know, people are saying, hey, you know, the Fed may be raising rates. But these are all the people <laughs> I, I've been reading up, and, you know, I keep records. A lot of these people are saying they're raising rates. They're going to raise rates. They're the same ones that said they weren't going to raise the rates back back in the spring of last year. So, you know, this is a difficult period of time because, uh, unfortunately, you know, we've Congress has gone a spending spree. The money supply was, you know, raised 40% in two years. And it's going to take a while. But there's lots of money on the sidelines. Remember, bull markets don't end when everybody's on the sidelines. That's when they begin. Okay? That's when they begin. There's almost $2.2 trillion in money markets inside of brokerage accounts right now. Okay? Not everybody's in. You know, in 2000, everybody was in. You know, I, my next door neighbor had a friend that came, came over to talk to me, and he, he was day trading. And I said, you know, I hate to say this, but you'll probably be broke in, in three, four months. It only took two. <laughs> All right? He's a nice guy. I felt bad for him. But, you know, that's when markets peak. Not when everybody's hiding underneath their, you know, the covers at night. Okay, that's what we're going through right now. Fear, fear and greed run the stock market. Everyone has fear right now. That's good. Okay, now the bullish percent is in the column of O's, so you want to be a little bit more careful. But look, you know, dividend. Like I talked about the silver tsunami. Okay, our friends at Fundstrat, uh, by the way, coined that phrase. We have a lot of people growing older, okay? They want dividend growth. Look, one of the problems with buying treasury bonds right now is reinvestment risk, as we talked earlier. You don't have that with dividend growth. Sure, the stock may pull back a little bit, but if they're, you know, if, if people know they're growing their dividend at 6 to 7% a year, they're not going to pull back far. Guarantee you that. Unless, you know, something happens within the company, you know, and and and... They, if they start thinking about cutting the dividend, like Intel, that's a problem, okay? So the point is, dividend growth portfolios, prime income list, those are the names you want to be looking at right now, okay? So start with quality and move your way up, okay? When you make a portfolio, make a pyramid, the bottom part of your pyramid, two-year treasuries, you get, get almost 5% right now. CDs, you can get 4.8, okay? 4.5, 4.6. There's lots of them out there. You know, put those in. Put your high quality dividend growth portfolios. I mean, there's some. There's there's 25 companies out there that have raised their dividend every year for 50 years. Those are the people you want to be looking at right now. Okay, pay attention to that type of thing. Now, 
The other thing I want to recommend is a wealth plan. If you listen to Blake today, uh, you know, this guy's an estate planning guru. All right. He's a wealth strategist. He also looks at private wealth strategies, you know, people that have lots of money who need to hide it from Uncle Sam to give it to their kids. That's what a wealth plan can do for you. You know, what if we do a Roth conversion? How bad will that hurt up front? How bad will that hurt out outside? Okay. Do we need life insurance? That type of thing. So get on the horn, you know, uh, get the WHK. 1420 AM, go down to local podcast, down to Smart Investor Show, set up an appointment with me, uh, start a wealth plan. You know, we, we can do a wealth plan for you as a prospective client. We can't put you on playground, though, unfortunately. But we can see, give you an idea of what, what the scoop is, how you're going to do, can you make it in retirement, and we'll go from there. Um, in the meantime, the dividend growth portfolios, you know, there's lots of contact me and email me when you get to my webpage. And don't forget to look at Insight, the banner up there, and Rob Slimer's stuff. It's called Trend and Cycle. Uh, the Insight just had a couple of really good articles this week. So if you haven't seen them, I highly recommend them. But remember, you got a silver tsunami out there. Lots of people growing older. They want dividend growth. They want prime, in, prime income. They want income right now. There will be some risk in the treasuries in that just that. When they come due, where do you put them? Okay, that's the reinvestment risk. So, uh, hey, listen, have a great weekend. I hope you like Blake. Uh, he'll be back. Stay tuned uh, for next week. And, and this is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Remember, buy low. So, hi. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.